1: strain it is expected to start the season on the injured list and in golf cameron champ leads during the first round of the mexico open
3: That breeze feels good, don't it? Feed up on the cooler, them twos pouring out of that sliding real window. Life to the beat of that tape deck radio. Mm, it's a heaven on earth moment. Got a good thing going
4: around and round like the wheels of this night. It's a singing, a long kiss. Close your eyes. Carolyn's Boy Thursday edition of the Miller's Edge on the Tide 100.9. Hope you're doing well today, and uh, of course, a beautiful day in the 70 degree range around here in my parts here in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm sure it's beautiful down in Tuscaloosa, Title Town, T Town going on. So, I hope you're doing well today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. We'll continue to Uh, Get you ready for spring practice. We're less than two weeks away, so we'll continue to look at uh, different position groups, position groups, I should say, and break those down based on the players that's on the roster to date. Uh, So we'll look at that and, of course, uh, get everybody's um, thoughts and opinions on that. So we got that to get into on the program today. Alabama basketball. Can I say it again? For the people in the back of the church. Alabama basketball was phenomenal last night. What a freaking great game uh, to watch. To see Alabama down by 10 late in that game, the Florida Gators uh, came uh, ready to play, got a lead, but could not hold on. Alabama stormed back, forcing that game into overtime. And finally winning that game uh, in the overtime as they continue to stay in the first place in the SEC. So we'll uh, talk about that basketball game. Here's some comments from Nate Oates, the head basketball coach. Uh, I tell you, I mean, it's just um, when you look at this basketball team, and we know what, you know, home court advantage should look like. And uh, I was talking a lot about Auburn and, of course, they lost to Kentucky uh, last week. But, But it means a lot. I thought the fans were were loud and proud last night. It was a packed house up in there. I mean, it was a who's who up in there. And uh, Florida came to play. You got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, They are a really tough team. I mean, they got guard play. uh, They got bigs. They weren't backing down at all. This is a good basketball team. So the Gators uh, did a really nice job. Uh, Really could have won that ball game but had some plays down the stretch that cost them some possessions. Uh, that cost them so, uh, But nonetheless, a great win for the Crimson Tide as they stay in first place. Now they get ready for Kentucky on the road, and that should be a very interesting ball game. Of because Kentucky lost last night to LSU. And I tell you, I saw LSU last weekend here in Columbia, South Carolina, to play the Gamecocks. And this is one of those teams that when you look at their record, you go, they can't be that good, right? Wrong. They're a good basketball team. They play hard. I mean, they got some big, big dudes, seven-foot guys. I mean, they got guard play. They play good defense. Uh, this is a good basketball team. I had four seats of that game last week and really, really enjoyed it. They end up getting the win over South Carolina by one. Now, I would say South Carolina blew a 16 or 17-point lead late in that game, and and then the officials. Uh, eh. I would say they probably stole the game from South Carolina in the end. But when you have that type of lead, you can't leave it in the official's hands. So uh, LSU gets the win over South Carolina. Then, and flip the script and go get the win over Kentucky by one. So two back-to-back wins over two ranked teams in the SEC by a combined two points So LSU. Uh, having a good week uh, so we can uh, talk some SEC basketball as well. Stephen Smith will join us uh, in the second hour. In his own words, touchdown Alabama. Uh, in his own words, the Bama Standard, all that good stuff. We'll hear from him in our number two. Uh, 205-342-9904 is the number for the program. Don't forget to download that free app, TIE 100.9. And you can leave your thoughts, comments, questions right there. But, Noah, the biggest news is one, do we have a little sound from some of the finest sounds of Mr. Eli Gold? When you talk about iconic, when you talk about a guy that uh, for 36 years has been the voice of Alabama football, that's him, Eli Gold. I mean, even before Christian got here, I was familiar with that voice uh, because you hear it on radio shows and things like that doing the highlights of how he's touched down Alabama. I mean, just, um, (laughs) you know, it was, it's iconic. And uh, what a, of course, yesterday before we got off the show, we told you uh, the news came down the pike uh, that Eli Gold would not be retained as the uh, play-by-play for Alabama football. Uh, and of course, he's been on the radio station twice here at, at the time in the last 24 hours. And a lot of people may not like what he's doing. Now, he's been on a lot of radio shows and TV shows and what, what have you. But I think the message for Eli... Uh, for me is to get out that he's not retiring. And I think Alabama wanted to spend that message. They wanted him to kind of just walk away quietly on his own. But as he said uh, this morning that uh, he wanted to, he talked to Greg Byrne, met with Greg Byrne, had a meeting and he wanted to just do one more season, a home and away game. His health was not a question. He's good to go. He's strong. And that was turned down. So uh, then they basically said, you're out, we're firing you. I mean, we can sum, sum, sum it up how nice it is if we want to, but but that's what happens And not renewing his contract. And he said that was up in June. Uh, Eli Gold, one of the greatest play-by-play guys in the history of college football, uh, it's, 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 let's be honest. A lot of people don't like to say it, but he's forced out. Uh, and um, he's saying that he didn't want to be out, and he will continue to work and do some professional games uh, and that should come out on tomorrow based on his words and um, we'll see what what happens there but man, uh, no disrespect to Chris Stewart who's the friend of the show comes on our show Christian, you work with all of these guys so I can't wait to hear what you have to say but um, oh, when you're an icon when you're an icon bro I, I just think they could have handled it better I think the way you do that I know you want to go in another direction but if the guy wanted to work another year, and he's healthy. Now, if he's healthy, the doctor gave him a fresh bill of health to call games. Let him finish up. Let him, you know, do a swan song. Let him finish up his season. Give him the year and know that Chris Stewart, your, your guy, is right there and who's going to be the new play-by-play guy. And, and I think you kind of get rid of all this, the the negativity and, and, and forcing people to say, oh, he's been, you know, uh, you know, mean and going on all these shows. And listen, he's upset. Can you blame him? 36 years, you've worked with him the last two years. I mean, and of course, you know, he had the cancer and he beat that and he came back and, and he worked. I was up there with you guys in the booth and when he was getting ready for last year, I mean, Eli Gold's a legend, man. And it's unfortunate that it had to end this way, a year that Nick Saban, the GOATs. So you got two GOATs of Alabama football in the same year. That's out. Nick Saban, and Eli Gold. And Christian, you, this is your teammate. This is a guy you work with, guy you learn from. As you're doing the sidelines, um, and I know you, you, you know, you say the right things, but I mean, for me, I, I just felt like they could have handled it better. Um, I know a lot of people supporting him and saying hire him back. I've seen all over social media, especially the national people that, uh, know Eli Gold real well, um, And understand the importance of a play-by-play guy who's seen what seven national championships with Nick Saban. I mean, or seven national championships combined. Um, Wow, what a tough—that's tough news, man. I feel bad for him, but but kudos to him that he's not quitting. He's 70 years old. He's going to keep going and living his life and doing what he loves to do. And he's going to be great at wherever that turns out to be tomorrow. Uh, But definitely hate to see him go as a play-by-play guy for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, well, it's always tough seeing somebody be, you know, like uh, Eli, a legend. Um,
2: but, uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, it would be tough uh, anyway you end up doing it. And this is, you know, touchy for me, and I, I can't really get him too much. Like you said, you know, I work with Chris, I work with Eli, and I, I love working with both these guys. They're both phenomenal. You know, Eli, a legend. Chris, and up-and-coming. I wouldn't even call it Chris necessarily up-and-coming, but you know what I mean. You know, I mean, Chris has been doing it a long time, but, you know, he's a – a younger voice and, um, you know, definitely has a lot of passion, enjoys what he does. But, you know, it's, it's, it's never easy seeing, you know, legends go like that. And I don't think Eli's, you know, uh, doing interviews and and whatnot out of spite or anything. I think he's just, uh, being vocal about, you know, and transparent about what transpired, you know, what, what is, you know, what's the, the case, you know, a lot of times you just hear kind of what he said, she said, I actually respect people that you know allow themselves to come and and speak on things. That way, you get it right from the source. And um, and I also think it's kind of him putting out that message that hey, he still wants to call games, he still wants to work. So I I, again, I don't, I know some people, you know, might have felt that you know he might have just been kind of you know a little it rubbed in the wrong way, and he was you know kind of going out there a little bitter. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's it's him getting out the message that hey, this was the case. You know, I'm. You know, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. Uh, I want more opportunities. And I know, you know, how upsetting it is for him. You know, he's you know, spent so many years, 35, 36 years doing it. Uh, and he's so iconic. Uh, it's like I said, I think this is just a difficult situation all around, you know. Uh, but I'll say this, like I said yesterday, you know, I can't, you know, uh, say I, I, you know, I'm so grateful just to, to have the opportunity to work with Eli. You know, begin to know him from when I was a player to, you know, down the road working with him, being his partner. Um, you know, those lessons and experiences that I've, I've had with him were invaluable. It was, you know, so awesome to be able to work with somebody like him. And, um, you know, I definitely will, will miss having Eli as the voice of Alabama, but I know that you know, he's going to be great at whatever uh, he decides to do. I think one thing came out, he might be calling some AFL games and, it's uh, all something that had linked him to maybe Notre Dame. I guess we'll have to wait and see, like you said, tomorrow to get some official news. But um, you know, I, I, for in terms of filling his void, I mean, I don't think there's you know a better voice than, than Chris. You know, in, in terms of you know how passionate he is, you know, he's, he's been around Alabama for so long. Um, he's a, a voice for Alabama in his own right, so. Definitely excited for his opportunity, you know, at the same time, you know, you heard for a guy like Eli knowing how this business is, and he's done it for so long, but definitely, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's just tough, man. It's an, it's basically just something, it's, it's a great opportunity for Chris, it's unfortunate for Eli, and, you know, I don't know how else to put it, you know, other than, you know, it's like you're pulled different directions, but... I just know that, you know, this is kind of the the world, you know, of of sports and athletics. I mean, it's no different than coaches and even players, you know, professional players. You know, I mean, heck, a guy like Eddie Jackson, I know it's totally different, but, you know, he's been so special to a place like Chicago, but unfortunately they ended up releasing him. And, you know, it's a difficult situation, but, you know, just like Eli, you know, he'll find work at another place. But, um, man, yeah, definitely tough, man. You know, after Coach Saban retires and then – Eli Gold ends up retiring. Two two big losses for Alabama, but it kind of is like you know just we're going in a new direction, a new era of Alabama football. So I mean, some people are a little a little uncomfortable right now, but you know I urge everybody just stay
4: patient. Things will kind of smooth itself out over time. I tell you, it's been been a lot. I mean, you think about it as we talked about the goat Nick Saban, uh, <laughs> you know, stepping away, Eli not wanting to step away. Um, it's just, I, I, I tweeted this this morning. When I, woke, I get up sometime at 5 o'clock and do devotions and sometimes go on X And I'm just like, you know, it just stinks. These types of things stink. And it's unfortunate. Uh, but the thing is, life goes on. I mean, Alabama's going to move on. I mean, they're the huge institution. Chris Stewart's going to fill in. Uh and you guys going to keep rocking and rolling. I mean, this this too shall pass, as the Bible says. But you hate it for a guy that, for me, I always felt like there is something with longevity. There's something with, when you commit committed to somebody that long, you give them the benefit of doubt. To me, I, I equate it, and you may not agree with it, but I equate it to if Nick Saban was getting old. When we saw it with Joe Paterno, we've seen him with coaches before. Right, it's been in a program sometimes probably too long, right? And they don't want to quit. And sometimes the school have no no choice but to force them out. But let's just say Nick Saban got to a place where Rick Burn would been like, well, "Coach, I mean, um, I think this is the time," you know. And coach said, "Hey, nah, I'm I, I want to do one more year," you know. You give him the year. I mean, that's just my opinion. You know, Eli Gold has done enough for this program. Has been the voice of Alabama football. He deserved that year. I'm sorry, and 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 I, that's just my opinion I mean, because I, I think uh, what he went through with the cancer, getting back, doing hate coach. To, I mean, he's been the guy, and 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 I'm not concerned about going forward because Chris Stewart is a gem, and this is not about him. Matter of fact, it, it kind of puts him in a tough position, right? But. I know he's a static and many people are static that he's gonna be the guy. But then on the flip side the guy's been at thirty six years that the man asked for one year and then he said he'll he'll get out your way. Is it really that big of a deal, one year to call freaking football games, that he's able to do it, and he can do the way and the home games? So that tells me this right here. It's probably a little bit more than what people are saying. And because normally you let the guy the, do a swan song that's my opinion 205 342 9904 love to hear uh what you have to say about that we got some app matches already tie 100.9 we're sponsored by good friends at the good free store america's art support experts and we'll take a time out we'll continue this conversation we'll talk alabama nate oates and in their basketball team rocking and rolling we'll get into some of that as well right here on the tie one hundred. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at
5: Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Off I-459 Exit 31 Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather: a very mild afternoon, mostly cloudy, a few scattered showers around. The high 71. Cloudy tonight, showers likely, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The low 52. And tomorrow, a clearing sky. The afternoon high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide. 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
4: We're rocking and rolling here on a Thursday. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, Noah behind the glass. Hope you're doing well. No, well, we got uh, an app message, which we love to hear from those. Again, free download that app, TIE 100.9. Not just ask, ask questions or your thoughts or comments. You can listen wherever, in your car, on your phone, on your boom box, whatever. You can hit listen to us wherever you are. That's the beautiful thing about that app, TIE 100.9. What you got, Noah?
1: Yeah, I got an app message from KJ. He's uh, switching out the conversation a little bit, uh, talking about Uh, uh He says, uh, talking about direct quotes from uh, Womack's interview with Yay Alabama. So these are some of the quotes he said. We originated out of a 425 through my dad. He took things from Gary Patterson and Bud Foster. I would say we are a little bit more of a 3-4 nickel structure now in which we move out of a three-man three look and a four-man look. We have different variations in which we use. We are multiple in our looks. We are simple enough in our coverages so we can play fast. So KJ is just bringing that to our attention.
2: I'm glad he brought that up. I was curious about um, that video and that interview when he had mentioned it. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to explain when I was talking about how the four two five kind of is nowadays where it's not like, – it's really any defense in general. I mean, everybody's multiple nowadays, and, and if you really look at it, I mean, you can – make a almost a three-four defense out of out of anything or, or you can make any other defense out of anything really just by moving some pieces around. The biggest thing is just personnel, but just to kind of paint a picture of what he's describing. So to to get to get that 3-4 look out of a 4-2-5, basically that wolf or that jack linebacker, he's already like the outside linebacker, the jack in the 3-4, right? So what happens is that opposite end you need him to be a bigger, more physical N. So like a 265-plus-pound guy, which they're probably already going to have that, he'll slide in a little bit more on the interior side, uh, like an end and a 3-4. And then what would happen would be that uh, – well, I forgot. Maybe they call it the sting. I don't know what, what they call it. But basically what would be our star, you got to have a guy that's, you know, a physical, a little bit bigger, like an oversized safety, right? So with that being said, uh, really, this 4-2-5 could really – I mean, it could look like a 4-3 depending on, you know, who's playing that that nickel position. If it's an oversized safety, I mean, that pretty much is like an outside linebacker, right? It's not much different. Then if, if you you really could, if he wanted to, he could just sub that guy with – if you have an a- athletic outside linebacker who is, you know, uh, you know, athletic pass rushing type backer but is also, you know, versatile enough and athletic enough to go cover – right depending on what you're calling or what type of offense you're going against you could sub him with more of a, a three four backer type there and then you end up you're pretty much in a three four that, that's kind of what i was explaining about it's not the biggest difference is not so much four two five 5. that's why i think when people keep trying to break this down they just keep saying oh well, four, it's, it's really not that's not the biggest difference there is slight differences in the personnel that you look Four in this scheme again, like oversized safeties, maybe a quote-unquote undersized linebacker, hybrid defensive end, outside linebacker guys, a defensive end that's you know big enough that he can slide in, but also athletic enough to play in that five technique on the edge. Uh, which again is still similar uh, to some you know variations of, of positions that you have in a three-four. That being said, uh, that that makes sense. The, the the biggest difference though that I keep pointing out, and I sent a video to my dad earlier. I, I need to just post a link. It will help explain kind of why a lot of teams have moved toward man-matched defenses uh, because of the nuances and all the, the, you know, complexities of these new age offenses. That's, again, that's just where I have a little bit of hesitation. And he mentioned that he prefers that, you know, because he's been running and got a defense from his dad. He feels that the simplified defense and coverage principles allows for guys to play faster. I agree that does work. However, I do know that when they start throwing different routes at you and, and setting things up differently, or if you're just too zone based, they can just find pockets and just pick you apart if you're playing a good enough quarterback. So th- those are things I would consider. But I'm, I appreciate KJ bringing that up. Um, you know, I, I don't know how we'd be able to put that so those clips on the air. I think that'd be interesting. If we could find a way to do that, but. Um, Appreciate KJ for throwing that out there, but do you have any thoughts on what uh Kane Woman said in that
4: interview? About his defense. Well, I mean, that's that's standard. I mean that's 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 standard when it comes to playing defense. I mean, you can call anybody anything, right? You can put any player in a position and be whatever you need to be, whether it be 3-4 four, or 4-3. Four, I can have, you know, introverted linebackers and defensive ends. I can have uh, outside linebackers slash safe, strong safeties. I mean, and we can still call it whatever you want to call it, right? You know, the the idea, well, what uh, I was saying yesterday is the personnel still matters when it comes to stopping the run in, in the interior. Because, excuse me, you got to have... Big dudes that can't be moved. You gotta have big dudes that can eat up blocks. And now you want no smaller, more athletic guys to be able to run downhill and be great tacklers. So that that doesn't change. That's all what I was saying. It doesn't matter. I can, you know, what he's saying, multiple you can make things look however you want to look just based on a couple changes here and there. Not that big of a difference. Right, we we played. For instance, with the Giants, we play undercover two out of our base personnel so three, four, Under front, right. Three down linemen, four linebackers. It's still cover two, right? And if I'm playing Sam Backer, which means we we call it Sam, strong outside backer. That's what it meant, right? And so, I would have to cover down on number two and cover two. So if we if they're in pro, or if we kept kept. A regular on an and they are nickel three wide receivers and they go trips right they motion receiver over they got doubles two by two that's what that means you motion a guy over receiver pass the tight end well guess what i would have to slide out from the tight end now i'm in off the ball in space over number two because that would be my my coverage you know if it was nickel all would be that we'll is a safety. and then that no not in zone is not a mismatch because he's playing cover too.
6: It's not a mismatch. I did. I did it
4: for ten years. It wasn't, and I, and I got seven interceptions. And as a as a linebacker. So my point is, you have to understand coverage. You have to understand what people are trying to do, and and that's the thing. You be smart. So if I know. Okay, we talked about the wheel route. We've seen Alabama use the wheel route with Jam Miller in the SEC championship game, right? We've seen other teams use the wheel route, which basically means the down and up. Guy goes to the flat, turns up the field. We call it a wheel route, right? And in Undercover 2, you, you call it a different verbiage, but we, we basically have to run with the guy. If a guy goes, if it's the receiver, if it's an extra tight end and 12 personnel, if it's the fullback who motion, it doesn't matter. It's just the exact same thing. So my point is, when we did that, when we played um, regular against nickel, right, we have called zone plays. That, well, and only on the only other play that uh, we didn't call man plays because you don't now announce a mismatch. Now you're asking me, I got number two and I got to cover him way out. Well, you got a four four guy versus a four, six, five guy. Well, that don't make sense. So we, we, we just basically played zone. But the key was we had... Centerpiece of the defensive line, so that was a common thing that we had. So I get what they're saying. So we'll see. I mean, again, we got to see the guys on the field. We can. I mean, I can sit here and talk film with y'all day long and break it down, but we'll see. What's the personnel? Who they got? What did these 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 five-star backers Alabama has been sitting on the bench? You know, will they step up and be able to play? Will they be good enough to play? You know, what's these secondary guys going to be like? So there's still a ton of question marks because personnel matters. Who do you have and how are you going to use those guys, right? So that that matters. So it's it's like Kellen LaBoer said with the quarterback. We talked about it yesterday, right? Making sure you're calling defenses that suits the personnel that you have, right? If you got a bunch of guys that can't cover, well, you better not be playing a lot of man coverage, because you're going to get your lunch eaten, right? You need to be more of a zone team. So you, you have to know who you are. Coach always says this to me. Know who you are and know who he is. And that's that's the game of football, matchups. You better know who you are and know who that guy is across from you. Quick break. We got people yeah. on hold on the phone. 205-342-9904. <laughs> what was that? I was saying, and that, that that's my point, why
2: you Rather have a guy that's more of that oversized safety playing that position than an outside linebackers. You alluded to that. You're limited in what you can call because you, the, the, that bigger guy, he's a liability in coverage. So he might help a little bit against the run. But why would you not go for a guy that's, uh, you know, he's a liability in man, man coverage. Yeah, correct. So that's what. But that's what I'm saying. You're limited to only calling certain coverages because you're like, oh, we don't want to put this guy on an island by himself playing man that's why i think it makes more sense in my opinion to get a guy If you get like a, a a big safety or undersized linebacker, like a like i said landon collins right he's a big soldier mark baron would be like the the prototypical if you could say hey because mark Barron is physical to play the run but he's athletic enough to, he can you can call man coverage you can call whatever he can come on pressures he's, you know what i'm saying he can blitz those type of guys. That's the biggest thing. If you can get the the personnel for these types of defenses, it can be dangerous. Again, I still would like to see a little, you no, know, a little more updated coverage. But we'll, we'll have to see if he adapts to that. I don't know. But again, it's not the four two five. You can mix things up and bring pressures from different areas and all that good stuff. But like you said, we'll have to see of for spring ball.
4: So I'm definitely looking forward to that because we'll finally start getting a glimpse. Quick time out, your phone calls on the flip side. Back in a moment. Deal
0: or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. I'm
6: always there. Well, you know everybody. If you don't, then you're still pushing.
4: Who I am That's the way I've always been No matter what state i back, I'm in a southern state of mind I hope that you are too Right here on the Tide 100.9 1230 AM WTBC 205-342-9904 Let's take some calls Let's go out to Jeff from good old Rocky Top, Tennessee Jeff, welcome in How you doing guys? I
3: just wanted to talk about this Eli Goal situation a little bit and This yeah. is how I feel. I'm, I, I'm with you guys. They did Eli go dirty, in my opinion. They did it right. dirty. Greg, Greg Byrne worked for Mitch Barnhart before he uh, came to Alabama. He learned nothing about class and how to handle people at all. Zero. He learned nothing how to do it. Like you guys said, he could have had one more year. The farewell tour. He could have been, you know, my last game in Bryant Denny. He could have been all that. But great people were saying when when Sadie retired. When he retired, they, they, I've heard that they wanted a fresh start. They wanted to get rid of gold because of it. When he retired, they said we're getting rid of him too because we're having a mm. fresh start, everything fresh and clean. We don't want gold anymore. And see, saving is seventy-two, correct? Yep. Gold, how you like gold? Is seventy. He's seventy. Younger, younger than, than saving. He's healthy as a horse, young, healthy. His new job. You guys, you want to wait till tomorrow. He's going to be a play-by-play voice of the Nashville Cats. and the reading football league. It starts in April. That's what he's going to be doing. Okay, and what I don't understand is you want to throw this guy out like the trash, and then you want to wish him well. Oh, I wish you well, Eli. You've done stuff for 36 mm. years, but, but, you know, but you, you've done several. But we, we're just going to, you know, so what I'm hoping is some of these people, these Alabama fans. And me, and me in Alabama, I hope when they get a certain age that their boss comes to them and says, okay, you're too old. We're going to throw you out. We're going to throw you out of the trash. See, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's Social Security, that's why they have Social Security. People retire. So I some of these Bama fans that want his gold gone, see, and I've heard fans on, on radio shows say that the gold, the last few years, he'd been slipping. He wasn't as good, is what they say. He wasn't as good as he was last year. And I'm a Kentucky fan. The greatest guy of all time was Kaywood Ledford. He went by Kaywood, not not his last name. He's got a banner in Rupp Arena. He's done it 39 years. His last broadcast was the East Regional final against Duke in '92. The later shot when they won it. That was his last broadcast. Kentucky mm. would, would never do what they did to Golden Never. They would never throw him out like the trash. John Ward said he was the greatest of all time. He was he was the greatest of all time, and the worst of all time is Larry Munson at Georgia because John Ward said when he did a ball game, he broke every broadcasting rule in the book when he did a ball game. Every single one of them. <laughs> the hot mail boot, run Lindsay, run whatever it is. So if, if you want to treat Eli Gold like that, Eli Gold, come on to Nashville. Don't ever sit foot in Alabama again. Come on to Nashville and become an Auburn fan. Or Eagle by down the field. Never to be never to be. Or Eagle,
4: I would never sit foot in Tuscaloosa again. Come on to Auburn. Be an Auburn fan. Be oh, Nashville. my God. That's He up. can't be a booger. Come bugger. on Eli. Come on. Have a good day, guys. All right, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with uh, I love Jeff. He's funny to me. I mean, listen, he's right though. I mean, and I mean we, listen, we can be politically correct and say, well, they they had to do what they had to do, right? I don't I wouldn't say listen, everybody knows Eli, Chemo, and, and we've seen it firsthand for the family. We understand. I mean, the battle back and get you straight back and of course he probably wasn't himself uh, last year right and, and so you give him time to build but now he says he's healthy he's got the, the full bill of help from the doctor um, his energy's back I mean Eli Gold is an icon man I mean I, I, I'm with him I, I'm big on this I'm big on how you treat people down the stretch 36 years is 36 years bro we can say we want to, but but if his only wish was, just let me do one more year, home and away games, then you just let him do it. You suck it up, and you say this man has given us all of him for for 36 years, and you go let let him finish it up. I I, I just don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, it's not it's not like Eli was terrible, even if he had some slip ups or. You know who doesn't? But my my point is, Christian is, if that was his saying, hey man, I get it. Y'all want to make changes, you know. Let me let me give it my one more best shot. Let me. I know this is it for me. This is my swan song. Let's move on. But I, I can go. I can do one more good run. I, he, he said today, we're talking to Garrett Harris. I love the crimson Tide. You know, there's nothing about that. He talked about his relationships. Um, you talked about Coach Saban, they've been talking and how much you learned from coach. I mean, you appreciate all the I mean, this is an icon, he mentioned Larry Monson. I mean, I talked about Bob Fulton who was at South Carolina, that deep burly voice, you know, for you know, calling games when I played. I mean, these guys, these play by play guys that are with teams, man, like brother, they become part of your program. Eli gold is gonna always be. That voice is gonna be heard for decades and generations to come until Jesus comes back. I mean, Eli Gold voice is going to be the voice on that. His voice is still going to be on that call at Auburn. I mean, that's going to be played over and over and over. Them national championships is going to be played over and over. That's second and 26. I'll never forget that. Going to be played over and over. Right? Right? So, my whole point, right. is I don't know why, I would just like to ask big Byrne, why wouldn't you give the man a year? What was so bad that well, a, a legend and an icon couldn't get one wish to say, hey, man, I'll, let me do this year and I'll get out y'all's here. I'm gone. Why wouldn't well, you do I that mean, to I, a legend? I, I, I'm not sure, and again, I,
2: I don't want to get too much involved in it, because again, I work with the Crescent Sports Network, so it's definitely tough for
4: me, but... I would say this, I mean, I know as a Yeah, nothing against sir. Chris Stewart We love Chris Stewart, by the way, who's going to do a phenomenal 100%. job. 100%, that, that's what yeah, I was so. trying to
2: say. I mean, it's just a very difficult situation,
4: because uh, you've got a legend on one hand who's been doing it for so
2: long um, and on the other hand you've got someone like Chris Stewart, who's also a phenomenal man, he brings that passion and, um, you know you, you got a, a change in the regime right, With Coach Saban leaving, maybe they fell now, it was a good time, but also I think People aren't uh, understanding either, though. His contract ended this year. So basically, they would have to renew his contract for him to, to do it another year, right? So I, I do want to point that out, only because I, I, I feel like if they terminated his contract, theys contract was through 2025, but they terminated, terminated it early. I, w- I could understand if it was a little more like, hey, we're, we're cutting you loose. Now, I understand that they chose not to bring him back, um, but that is something to you know, put out there. Well, his contract's
4: I, up in I, June for Eli Gold.
2: It, it, in June, and that's exactly what I'm saying, which June is before the football season starts. So maybe they said, hey, the contract is ending. We do feel that, you know, you've you know, you you've gotten a little bit older, which is fair to, for someone to say. I understand. I do. I hate that that's the case. But it, it, here's the thing. Like you said, I mean, firsthand, we understand the battle's Uh, of doing treatment for cancer. And, man, I I respect him so much, man, uh, for what he went through to get back, just to get himself healthy, but uh, even more so to get back in the booth. Uh, I mean, you got to think about it, man. I mean, he was hospitalized and couldn't walk for months. And to get back to where he was mobile enough to get to the stadium, then call games. And I think people think calling games is just easy because it's just talking. But, I I mean, play-by-play, man, I mean, it's three hours of straight. I mean, you're talking to the audience. There's no break. And for somebody like him to have endured what he did, you know, going through his treatments, man, I have so much respect for him as a person, as a professional in that booth. Um, but I, I'll say this, uh, you know, I, I understand how business works. And as unfortunate as it, as it is, I do get that part. But one thing that, that I, I read that kind of was like, it, it, and I hope this wasn't the the vocab or just the terminology they use, but, one of the things he mentioned was he, he was told that he wasn't basically living up to the standard, um, which comes off kind of harsh. I don't know if that's exactly what was said. Again, I I hate that it kind of is – I don't even want to necessarily classify it as drama right now, but it definitely is a little – it's a little sticky. Um, but it, it, it to me, I'm just kind of like, man, I mean, you're talking about a guy that just was battling cancer, just made his way back, like – I don't know if I would sit there and tell somebody that, hey, you're not living up to the standard. To me, like, if you want to say, hey, you know, we just think it's a, this with the contract ending now is, you know, an opportunity for us to kind of, you know, promote somebody that we, you know, feel highly about and we're extremely grateful for everything you know what I mean? Which I'm sure, well, I, like, I don't know. I wasn't there. But, like I said, it's just an unfortunate situation. But, uh, you know, originally when you were saying something about kind of pushing them out, I was kind of like, I don't know if it was so much like that, but, He did, I guess, he was speaking to ABC 3340. They quoted him saying, they wanted me to say I'm retiring, that I'm stepping down, I'm not stepping down. This wasn't my decision, strictly their decision. Um, So I I think maybe they were trying to look out for him, maybe because they didn't want it to come off like they were just cutting ties with him, probably, you know, protecting both parties. Um, But again, though, I mean... It is. It is what it is. I'm. I'm glad that he's able to tell his side and tell his story because again, now, now we're not saying, well, so and so said this,
4: so and so said that. I mean, it's coming directly from him. Uh, but again, I, right? I, because I they they wanted they wanted issue. to control the message. I mean, that's what happens in any school like but this. But that could
2: be looking out for him as well, though. I mean, you got to look. I don't know how they looking sides. out
4: for him. I mean, because,
2: uh, because the thing it's, is, beautiful. then it's not it, then it's not in the media as okay. He was. I hate even using the word fired, but it doesn't come out. You know what I mean? It's a little, well, you, just like they I do with, with coaches. I guess maybe for
4: saying he's grumpy or he's mad or he's angry. That's not what I heard no, 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 in no, any no, interview no, no, no. that suggested such. I mean, I have I mean, me you: was what,
2: very thankful. Just like they do with coaches. If, they're, if they respect a coach and they know they want to go in a different direction, they don't want to sit there and say, hey, we're firing the head coach. They try to say, we've, we've mutually parted ways. It kind of is a way of softening the blow to the public eye. Again, you're talking about a legend. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it definitely is kind of preser- preserving their reputation, but at the same time, I feel like the other side of it is also preserving his to an extent. Maybe more so theirs than his, 60-40, whatever the ratio is, but you, you, you can't deny that. It also is a method of, say instead of saying, oh, Eli Gold was fired, uh, you can just say they, they parted ways. After the, con- the, the contract ended, and they, they parted ways. So I mean I don't th- I, again I, it's hard for me to really get involved. I don't, don't want to get too involved because I'm you know part of the team. But it like I said, man, I mean it's unfortunate, but it's also it's, nobody it's wins. Basically. It, That's what I was saying. Yeah, nobody, nobody wins
4: really. The, nobody wins the situation. Again, we love Chris Stewart and he's going to be a phenomenal replacement. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm also showing love to a legend, and an icon that for 36 years been your guy and to say he, I mean man come off cancer he's not up to standard I mean I mean I don't know and again I understand that because the schools right, it's not Alabama schools want to control the message that's why they wanted him to say he was stepping away which means they want to take it off of themselves because they're going to be blowback and there are, there is blowback I mean there is blowback but you don't,
2: you don't think any of that protects him though
4: or no. helps kind of No, that's why he's out here saying all. that's why he's saying <laughs> No 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 This is not me. This is on Alabama. They they basically told me they pushed me out the door. So people might get mad because he's telling the truth. Well, I don't get mad. That's the truth. No, he's not being disrespectful to Alabama. He's like No, but no, if, no, if no. you say mutually parted ways, that's just mutually parted ways But that would be a but lie. I mutually mean, parted ways because uh, he said, a, I want to keep not, him up. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's true. All right, to have a break. We'll come up, wrap up hour number one. Right here on the tie 100.9. Go. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner
0: of Skyland and Hargrove, TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Tide 100.9,
5: Tuscaloosa weather. A very mild afternoon, mostly cloudy. A few scattered showers around the high 71. Cloudy tonight, showers likely, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the low 52. And tomorrow, a clearing sky, the afternoon high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 69 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
6: The players running on the field. The coaches throwing their arms
5: skyward. And the Alabama Crimson Tide has won its 14th national championship. And despite what the calendar says, for Crimson Tide fans, Mardi Gras, the season of celebration, is officially underway.
4: Wow. That's just good stuff, bro. I mean, this what I'm saying. these These clips... So I wanted to play today just in honor of Eli Gold, just because he was so majestical, man. It was just that voice is Alabama. I mean, I remember the few times I, I could not make it uh, to an Alabama game. When you were playing those five years, I would be listening to it on my uh, radio, in my car, my truck, you know, on um, Sirius XM. And just, I wanted to hear Eli call again, Back when Phil Savage friend of mine who used to be a play-by-play. We used to run the senior bowl and play-by-play it out. I mean, those guys were phenomenal. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. And I think we'll – I'm going to reach out to Phil and get him on the show to talk about uh, Eli Gold, working with him, uh, because fantastic stuff. I mean, it's just iconic. So it's a sad day. I mean, I just – I hate – you know, when we heard it yesterday, I think we had about four minutes to go in the show – and when we heard it yesterday, of course, we never heard you know Eli's side of it. We thought that he was just stepping down. So, um, yeah, it was tough. Let's go to Tommy and Romulus. Let him take us up to the top of the hour. Tommy, welcome in.
7: Hey, man. How y'all today?
4: Doing wonderful, my friend. How are you? Doing well, Tommy.
7: Well, good. I kind of have mixed emotions about Eli. I really feel bad. I thought he should at least have a swan song because thirty five years that voice for Alabama football and just so Alabama football. and just like going back to the early 60s and '70s with John Fortn. And uh, I hate to say this, people are gonna get mad. At night before they had a uh, cable T V all that you can pick up Pete's and Get football, you can pick up uh, Mississippi State or something and you can get the Billy I mean not Billy um uh, Crystal, Zach Crystal, I was gonna say every crystal but him calling Mr. State. Them iconic voices, just like Larry Munson of Georgia. I mean, you know, it, it brings back a lot of memories. A lot I of wish memories. Well, I wish him the best, and well, I mean, oh, I'm I gonna mean, he, with, Go
4: ahead. I mean, do you think there was more to it than you know? You know, he basically said that he. He said with Gary Harris um, that they kind of disagreed on a couple of things, whatever that was. He didn't expound on it. But that's what I'm saying. It sounded like it was a little bit more than what, you know, you've just not been holding up to your end of the bargain. It like, to me, it just sounded like, time is a little bit more difficult than that.
7: Yes, and there's more to it. Because I Trish and I heard him announce that he was retiring, you know, yesterday on your show. When I got softball, I'm sitting there, everybody having the phone. Well, Eli didn't want to retire. Look at this. Look at this. And everybody, you know, were mad. I should be enjoying that our football coach was at the softball game. And his wife threw out the first pitch. Where were you, Tristan? I thought you was all about my football beat reporter I thought you were supposed to cover
2: the new first lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, i am I am. I am not a B reporter, Tommy. Not even oh. close. So I, I just attend for
4: fun. Uh, I didn't I mean, he miss got a, I didn't He, he, know he got, got like pit passes. He he be down in the dugout with the coach.
2: I know. I'm trying to help you, Preston.
4: I'm trying to help you out, Preston. Get great.
2: <laughs> I don't know how much higher I can get than that. Tommy, they gave you season passes for the uh, like the dugout area, so I'm, I'm in pretty oh, good yeah. shape, but I guess I gotta use it more often or else they might take it back.
7: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. First choice is said. My brother said, "Wake Chris, and I said, he's not here. I said, well, if he was, how would you know him? You never met him. <laughs> he looked well, at like... We'll have to meet him. That's right.
2: Next but, time, you know, y'all go let a me a- know and I'll make sure I'm out there.
7: Yeah, he has opinions, but he won't share it on the radio. He, you know, when he's silent. silent
4: yeah, he don't want to be like, he don't want to be an outcast like me, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah,
7: yeah, people look. are you from Rondless? I went, no, never heard the place. Your name, Tommy. I went, no, my name is me I changed my name weekly, but you know.
4: Tommy Buckets, what a win by Nate Oates and the basketball team last night in overtime over Florida. How beautiful was that?
7: It was beautiful, but I feel like I'm becoming a pretzel. They tie me in not every time they play, but that's basketball. And I guess, like somebody made a joke, you need to watch the last five to three minutes of the basketball game with Alabama. that when they get more hairy, Terry and more excited than the first, you know, 35 minutes of the game. I'm like, well... I'm getting to the ball. I don't know if I can watch 40 minutes on them. No, more. they about to kill me. They sit yeah,
4: it's down tough. And I make this great comeback. And, oh. I mean, they didn't shoot the three well at all last night, um, but our guy, Christian, finally stepped up and had had a game that we kind of have been anticipating um, that he play all year long. He's been kind of on the struggle bus and then, then last night, man, he had 22 points and and uh, he was really, really good. He was very forceful. And what about the other kid? I I, I don't know much about the, the kind of curly-haired kid that came in a lefty.
7: You know, it seemed like they do what they need to win. It seemed like when somebody's not getting covered or getting, having a bad game, somebody, like I said, I can't keep up with them. I must be getting all the timers because I'm like, who's this guy? I've been watching y'all. For 15 games or more and I'm like where did you come from or oh, I'm just <laughs> were. the memory or they told them the hair different or something it's them uh new old uniforms and throw me off yeah yeah I'm expecting T.R. Dunn and them to be out there yeah yeah okay now Bob oh wow well.
4: yeah, yeah but they, they I mean it was tough but Grant Nelson was phenomenal in the basketball game I thought he was he was awesome uh, did what he's supposed to do. I hope that continues for him because I think down the stretch Grant Nelson can be that X factor for this Alabama basketball team. He's he's extremely polished. I mean, he can dribble, drive, finish at the rim. Uh, you know, if he gets his outside shot going, he's tough to match up with, man. And so hopefully he he can, can continue uh, to keep things rolling. Don't forget about Sam Walters. He was on fire from three. He really was. Uh, That's a catalyst to help Sam. Kind
2: yeah, 24, man. Young, I think he's a freshman, man. He really was the catalyst to, to bring us back in it with those big shots he made. So, hey, they got some good players, man. I'm really impressed with Coach Oates and the job he's done this year.
7: I am too. I mean, and being here five years, you hear his name for all these jobs. We got a good chance. We just got to stay focused on bringing our third SEC title in five years of him being the head coach. Wouldn't it be nice to be S D. C. football champs? And regular season basketball.
4: Tech. So they got a lot. Yeah, they're going to have a chance. I mean, they're going to have to uh, finish strong. Of course, Tennessee is lurking. As I said yesterday, I like Tennessee. I mean, I, if they get it together, they're, they're going to be the best team in the SEC. They've been struggling a little bit, lost to South Carolina. Uh, at home, they got to go to South Carolina. I, I think they'll win that ball game. And I think if Alabama can hold serve, um, they can win this regular season, but Tennessee's going to be right there. They got a great basketball team. Oh, yeah, they're very good. Rich Barnes is a good coach. I mean, Tommy's and from I'm Romulus. In. We appreciate you, my friend. I'm
7: in. I mean, y'all have a
4: great day. See you. Take care of sir. There you go. When we come back from the top-down break, Stephen M. Smith, in his own words, the Bama Standard, he will join us. Touchdown Alabama Magazine. All things Bama when we come back.
0: Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Gary Harris. The TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show, Friday morning at 9. Fox Sports Play-By-Play broadcaster Adam Amin scheduled to join us. Brett Pritchard will check in with the Auburn Blitz. Plus, we'll have all that great Friday music
5: to get you ready for the weekend. Your phone calls as well. That's for with approved credit. PTG Outdoors, open Monday through Friday, 8 till 5. In the old l l Marine location in Northport. Call 333-1605. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W. Oh, the rhythm night, of Cool in the Gang. Tickets on sale now at night. Riverresort.com From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles.
0: Here's Nick Cope.
1: Former Alabama coach Nick Saban said he wants to help bring change to college football. Saban telling ESPN, quote, what we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student-athlete, that doesn't exist, end quote. EA Sports College Football 25 will feature all 134 FBS teams, and beginning today, players can opt in to be a part of the game. They'll receive $600 and a free copy. News in baseball, the Pirates and pitcher Mitch Keller have reportedly agreed to a five-year, $77 million extension. Reports say the Marlins are signing shortstop Tim Anderson on a one-year, $5 million deal. Mets pitcher Kodai Senga has a moderate shoulder strain and is expected to start the season on the injured list. And the SEC has fined LSU $100,000 for storming the court after their upset win over Kentucky.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100 points.
4: And now south to the land of the pines, I'm coming my thumbing way, way to North Carolina, then at the road, road. Pray, to God, pray to God I see, see, see some headlights. Hour number two, we're rolling on, on a Darius Rucker, Carolyn's Boy, third edition of the program, and uh, I always love those sweet sounds of wagon wheel. By the way, that's Nick Saban's favorite song. Do you know that, Christian? Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember he. Uh, I think he likes old it. school though. I think that might be like a recent thing. I feel like no. He told girl me girl. when I one time I was in his office and he asked me and he goes like, you know, he's like, Are "You and Darius a really good friends." I said, "Yeah," and, um, and he was like, you know, he's he's like number one on his playlist like he listed the same thing every day from work or from his house at the lake to to work Moore, and he's telling me the songs that he had of darius and and um it's pretty funny because i was like really he's like yeah I, I love Darius stuff and then that's uh uh he didn't come but remember when darius came to play at the amphitheater in tuscaloosa and i was there and got lane and I think it was Kirby, you, CJ, your mom, and who? somebody else was with us backstage at that concert. But I was like, a big greater coach, Saban, would have come, but he wasn't definitely not going to do that. But um, I was trying to, like, hook it up so he could meet Darius. So I thought it was pretty cool, but, but that didn't work out. But, yeah, Wagon Wheel was his favorite song. Let's get to our guest, Stephen M. Smith, in his own words, touchdownalabama.com. He was bound the standard. He just celebrated a... You ready for this, guys? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Steven M. Smith just celebrated a birthday, man. Is that that true? Yes, it, it, it is true,
6: fellas. It is true. It
4: happened Friday of last week. I mean, you, you don't sound, like, overwhelmed about it.
6: I mean, it's a little late, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> I'm, not, like, I, I, it, it, I'm not over. I mean, it was it was really good. got like, I, I really enjoyed it. It kind of crept up What'd you on do? me this year, though. Like, yeah, I, it, it kind of crept up on me because uh, I mean, it came fast. It w- I wasn't even recognizing what I did. Well, my, my wife, my daughter, and I we went to the arcade, and a, a lot of my old childhood stuff started coming back Because I'm playing arcade games with my daughter. So that was fun.
4: Wow. Well, you to play some Pac Man or some uh, Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, little Pac
6: Man, little Monopoly, little little, uh, little, little Nerf gun fighting, little everything.
4: Uh, that's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. Uh, let, let me just get your thoughts right off the bat. I mean, listen, we lost one goat, Nick Saban. You know, he's playing golf with his grandson. He's at celebrity programs. So, you know, he's speaking. He's doing his thing. He's enjoying. Retirement, And we've kind of gotten over it now. The gold is gone. But yesterday, before we got off the air, we found out another goat, Eli Gold, or the voice of Alabama Crimson Tide football, is not being retained. Um, and that has caused a little bit of a stir. Wanted to get your thoughts
6: on that. It, it has caused a stir, guys, especially among the Alabama football fan base. Eli Gold, just an imaginative voice. Uh, since 1988, 1989, around that rim right there that he's been calling Alabama football. And uh, I thought to me at first it was maybe he was uh, retiring or stepping away, especially after him battling uh, with cancer there, beating that, getting himself back strong and healthy. But according to him, uh, healthy as a horse, it was not him stepping away or stepping down at all. It was uh, the university choosing to not renew his contract. And that kind of really blew my mind, because I'm thinking, who else would you want to have doing that? Chris Stewart has done an incredible job. Alabama men's basketball, of course. He filled in for you know, Eli Go when, when he was out, and uh, you an know, outstanding job in, in that regard also. But I, I just felt like if, if, if this was going to be a part in the way uh, from Eli Gold, it would have been handled a bit better or a lot better than what it was. Definitely, it, it ruffled a lot of feathers,
2: especially in the Alabama football community. Yeah, and I, I wish there was a way we could have had a smoother transition, but I, I think the issue with the contract basically only running through June and, you know, you got Coach DeBoer taking over. I think, you know, just so many moving parts, I think they just felt it might have been that time. And it's it's so unfortunate, but again, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like my dad summed it up. I mean, it's just... It's just unfortunate all, all around. You know, obviously, a great opportunity for Chris, and I'm super excited for Chris. Um, but, you know, oh, absolutely. The other, on the other end, I hate it for Eli.
6: I mean, I mean, right, Chris, you look at Chris Stewart, he's another guy that went through some health battles, battled back strong. We have seen what he's done, calling Alabama men's basketball and the joy, and the passion, and the excitement. So, I have that from a football aspect with him. That's going to be fun to watch. It's just like you both mentioned. We, we all wish that this transition within our goal could have been handled a, a bit smoother or at least more concrete information comes out as, as to why the university chose to go in this direction.
4: Yeah, and I'm I'm just kind of baffled a little bit that they try to sweep it under the rug and get him to say he was stepping away, which I don't blame him. I mean, I, you know I mean, like, listen, man, when you're talking about uh, athletes or successful business people, whatever realm, you know, ego is attached, pride is attached, don't, don't necessarily mean it's always right, but but somebody that's not ready to walk away is not going to say, I'm I'm stepping away when they want to continue on. I just felt like they should have gave him, uh, he, he kind of met them halfway and said, hey, let this be my last year, and uh, they didn't oblige that, so it is what it is. Uh, again, everything always works out for good, some kind of way, we don't see it today, but no doubt we'll see it uh, down the road. Steven, uh, spring practice less than two weeks away, a little bit over a week now. Um, your expectations, Caleb the kind of been doing, uh, uh, you know, he's been all on the airwaves uh, across the state of Alabama and other places uh, talking about his football team. One of the things he said that they got a chip on their shoulder a little bit from some stuff he's been hearing. What do you think that is, and what's your expectations of spring practice?
6: What I think that is, guys, is you look at the core of players back uh, for this Alabama team of coming here in the fall, a lot of those guys, that 2023 team this past season that came four minutes and 41 seconds from playing for a national championship loss to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Those guys are back with, man, we should have gotten it last year. We were right there, and we met that getaway, a bitter taste in those guys' mouths, the- and then when you add on to, you bring in some guys from the transfer portal from Washington, when you talk Parker Brasford, the offensive lineman in the center, uh, Austin Mack, the transfer quarterback, uh, Ger- Jeremy Bernard, the transfer wide receiver, and then here as of late, Josh Cubis of a transfer tight end, those guys got to the national championship game and took on Michigan and got beat. So you look at bad pace in the mouth for Alabama, Alabama guys coming back, and now bad taste in the mouth for former Washington guys down in Alabama. That's where that chip comes in. They want to get back to that college football playoff and finish the job. Uh, my main thing here in spring practice, what I'm looking forward to, uh, the first thing is we got a chance to hear Kang and DeBoer talk about what I want to see from the quarterback room. And he talked about it. I want to see a guy that can get the ball into the hands of these high-powered uh, receivers and let them go out there do their job, do work in space, getting up and down the field. He highlighted Chaylon Muro's athleticism, his mobility, how that helps the team. But he wants to see which of these quarterbacks has got this skill set to have this offense be as explosive as DeBoer wants it to be. So my eyes will be on that quarterback situation. Uh, but then my eyes will also be on, yes, the defensive secondary. Alabama did get a huge transfer, a Keon staff from Michigan coming in here, joining Damani Jackson from USC. But how does the secondary jail, how does it shape out together, which you're gonna have some young pieces in, in that back five?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And then that's what I'll be looking at, looking at the receivers too, seeing, you know, who might be able to step up and kind of take over that, you know, wide receiver one spot, could be that that go to guy. Um, and, and yeah, just seeing overall how this offense looks. Uh, under Coach DeBoer and his staff. And, and speaking of that staff, um, since last time we talked to you, they filled those voids. Uh, they they've hired an offensive line coach, uh Coach Cap. I'm just gonna abbreviate it, I think it's Kapilovich. Uh, but they hired him. They they grabbed him from Baylor. He was just you know hired from, to Baylor from Michigan State, one there very long. Uh, then they filled the tight end spot with Coach Brian Ellis. Um, what are your thoughts with those two guys? They also ended up having to hire Christian Robinson, as you know, a longtime SEC coach, uh, so to speak. I mean, he's been at several stops in Florida and Auburn, but, you know, he started off as a GA back in 2013. I believe he recruited me to Georgia. Uh, but with this with this staff now filled again, with, after, you know, it's kind of like playing musical chairs in the last several weeks, where, where do you stand on the staff? Kind of just your thoughts. I know my dad, he's – He's a little more critical than I am. I, I said, even with the departure of Grubb and Scott Huff, uh, office line coach who's responsible for the Joe Moore Award winning office line last year, I said, uh, you know, definitely so, you know, some, some question marks just kind of kind of seeing, you know, how things take shape just because I think uh, several of these coaches are more potential hires based off some, some potential. You know, they're not necessarily proven, but you still have some good balance in there with some of the guys they retained. And the offense an offensive line coach. He's, he's very tenured. He's been coaching a long time. What would you rate this staff, Steven? I, I gave him right now. Again, this is just a fun game to play, right? They, they haven't put a product out there. They haven't coached the game yet. We know that. But just off of, you know, the staff on paper, I gave him about like a B minus, right, just of where they're at, been, you know, losing grub, but then promoting Nick Sheridan. Um, my dad was a little harsh. He was a C minus. Where would you have the staff at right now, Stephen? Well,
6: where well, 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 I would have the staff right now, I would be in between you and Corey. I go C plus. That's where I would have it. C plus as of right okay. now, and, and and the reason why I go C plus, like you mentioned, Christian, it's a good balance, but we, we got to see these guys prove it in Alabama because that that that's that's the big pressure. It's one thing to excel at. Different programs in college football. It's another thing, when you come to Alabama where you're under the heaviest of microscopes, where you are nitpicked to the up degree and you can still deliver despite all of that, that's what separates mm. greatness from other programs versus greatness in Alabama. And Alabama is, is trying to find the pimple on Miss America. Where is it? And how fast can I nitpick <laughs> it, right? So for, for, the, for this staff, I'm giving it a plus. I like the balance. Coach Chris of the offensive line coach, I like we did North Carolina with the running backs on of the offensive line there. He did a very good job at Michigan State, taking Kenneth Walker II, making him a superstar back. Of course, he's now in the NFL. The Brian Ellis tied in higher. That's intriguing to me because he served everywhere as far as offensive coaching is concerned except for the offensive line and tight end. He's worked with quarterbacks. Of course, he played quarterback at UAB. He's worked with running backs, wide receivers. He's caught offense at Georgia Southern. But what does he do with these tight ends at Alabama remains to be seen here. And then Chris Robinson, I think he's the best hire of the three recent ones right now because of the fact that he has those deep SEC ties. When you look at he's been just about to half the conference, when you look at Auburn up, uh, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, but I go C-plus right now. I like the blend, but can they do it at the University of Alabama where they are embraced the challenge of, I'm going to be nitpicked, but can I perform despite that?
4: Steven and Smith is our guest here on The Miller's Edge. Uh, pretty much what I've been saying, and, and, and I didn't rehearse this. We didn't talk about this beforehand. That's exactly why I said C- because it's not proven. And again, I would really say incomplete because we haven't seen anything yet. And I'm still not going to see that in spring. That's about a little less than two weeks away before they get started practice. I mean, you're not going to learn much about this football team. Uh, offensively, Stephen, uh, where I am concerned is everybody's quick to say, you know, and I've been hearing this for 30 plus years. Oh, it's their offense or it's their defense, right? And, and they minimize when you lose a grub or you lose a huff uh, to uh, really good offensive coaches. But people minimize it by saying, well, this is Kalen DeBoer's offense. And we know Kalen DeBoer seemed to be a delegator of coaches, right? He, he wants his coaches to coach. I'm not sold on a Nick Sheridan as a as, as play caller. That right there is one of the reasons... I had C minus is because of Nick Sheridan. I don't know him. I'm just going based on resume and what I've seen up to this point. And for you mentioned this is Alabama football, to me, I understand why. I understand why De DeBoer hired him, but I don't think he was the best hire at that position.
6: I look at it as much as as much as Nick Sheridan has been around Caitlin DeBoer for quite some time. Uh, when DeBoer Nets, Indiana. To pursue, you know, Washington, uh, Nick Sheridan was there running the offense for you no know, one to two years. There with the Hoosiers, as much as he would have liked, as much as he likes to have Sheridan in here, I would have tried as hard as possible to, to keep running Trump, but at the end of the day, Grump made his move. Uh, this is going to be a huge kind of a year for, for Nick Sheridan because to me, I kind of put Sheridan in the same boat as Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese came to Bama, young, Notre Dame. He was put under the OC tag in Notre Dame, but we really will never know how many of those years he really coached and ran that offense under Brian Kelly. And so here with with Nick Sheridan, we're kind of asking ourselves the same question. Yes, he was the OC at Indiana, but how often was he calling those plays? How often were those plays, you know, working? (laughs) And now we get to see here in Alabama, okay, how good is he really? We You we look at the names that are out there that are proven. We know what a Steve Sartesia can do. He's proven that. We've seen it. We know what a Lane Kiffin can do. He's proven that. We've seen it. We know what a Michael Locksley can do. He's proven that. We've seen it. We even know what a Brian Dabo can do. He's proven that. We've seen it. With Nick Sheridan, only one to two years in Indiana, that, that, that's not much to go off of. So now it's really trial by fire, part two, with Nick Sheridan. Thankfully, he's got Jamarcus Shepard with him. Uh, Shepard a bit more experience running offense, calling offense, been around it. Of course, he's really good with wide receivers. So maybe the balance of having Shepard with Sheridan will help that out. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed that out, Stephen, because that brings me to my point real quick. I'm basically going to play devil's advocate or give uh, another scenario to think about, right? We hired Tosh Lupoi, uh as an analyst back in 2014, my first year, right? He was there, he was an analyst for, I think, two years. They hired him as outside linebackers coach. Actually, no, I think it was after that first year. So he was outside linebackers coach 15 through 16. Then he was a co defensive coordinator in 17, but 2018, my senior year he got promoted to defensive coordinator. And that was his first time ever being a defensive coordinator. And this was under Nick Saban, the coach in Alabama, right? I'll be honest, it did not go very smooth. He was not, and I, and I appreciate Tosh for all his uh, you know, coaching and everything he did, you know, helping me in my development. But if I'm being transparent, he really struggled as a defensive coordinator. I Say that and say this, he also ended up having a lot of hands-on help from a guy like Coach Saban, but also Pete Golding, who was you know, basically co-defensive coordinator that year and was basically acting as the defensive coordinator, right? But what I'm getting at here is there's an example of a guy who you promote from within. He wasn't necessarily the best fit, didn't do a great job, but because he had support, it still ended up working out okay. We went undefeated that regular season. We still played really good defense. Fortunately, we fell in the national championship game, but again, because he had the support of a guy like Pete Golding kind of helping him out. It helped keep him afloat. You know, Coach Saban was kind of overseeing things. Then I want to fast forward. So he ends up leaving Alabama, coaches the defense line, numerous NFL teams. 2022, he gets hired as defensive coordinator for Oregon. Well, they're playing some dang good football right now, especially on defense. They're they're doing a solid job there. So i say all that to say, it very well could be a situation with Nick Sheridan where it's very similar. You know, that tenure at Indiana, you know, he, he kind of struggled. That was his first opportunity. First year wasn't actually bad. First year was pretty solid has some injuries the second year, he struggled, uh, did get fired there. However, now it's a different story. You know, it's another tenure, another chance for him to, you know, serve as a coordinator, but he does have a guy like you just mentioned, Jamarcus Shepard, helping him out. And he's got a guy like Caleb on the board leading him. I believe, I get it, might not be the prettiest hire right now. I, I'm, I'm choosing to be optimistic and seeing things that, hey, it probably will go a lot better than it did that second year at Indiana. Now, I don't know if it's going to be perfect. There might be growing pains. probably will be growing pains. But that being said, I look at it kind of like a situation like with Tosh LePoy as a defensive coordinator. Definitely one of the prettiest things is first time around. But because you have guys around you helping you out, it's not as ugly as people might think it might be. Plus, people grow and develop throughout the years, as we saw with Tosh LePoy as a defensive coordinator now at Oregon. I can see that pretty much being a similar case here. Because again, Coach DeBoer, this is his reputation on the line. I don't think he would just hire this guy if he truly thought he just, he wasn't capable of doing it. But that's just my opinion.
6: I mean, Christian, and, and, that, and that's a good point right there because it is Coach DeBoer's reputation on the line. I don't think he would have made the move if he really didn't see anything in Coach Sheridan. But that's also why DeBoer has made these hires around Sheridan when you look at a Jamarcus Shepard. When you look at... Uh, a, Brian, a, a Brian Ellis here, who knows offense as well. When you look at, it, they just brought in another offensive analyst uh, to help with quarterbacks. So he's been ma- he's making these moves to put other minds around Sheridan to bounce ideas, to bounce scheme, to bounce strategy to help grow this guy of whom he does believe in. So it it, it could be very very good. It could be very profitable here. For Alabama, My thing is, like Corey mentioned, can we can we see that action on the field to where all eyes are on you, uh, you making the big-time calls, you putting this offense, you putting this team in positions where they can be explosive, they can be successful? Because one of the main things King and DeVore said at his introductory press conference back on January 13th at Brian Denny, he mentioned we are going to be fast. We are going to be physical. We are going to be explosive. And he used explosive multiple times in that press conference. So it's going to be huge on Nick Sheridan and the guys around him. We got to have this offense ready to attack and be explosive at all moments.
4: Final question, Stephen. I'll let you go. Um, I was on the Bama Standard while you was playing arcade games the other night. Um
6: <laughs> They told me. <laughs>
4: And Marvin said this. It's, it's sticking with me. I have zero expectations with this football team. Zero expectations in year number one. All SEC linebacker, your co-host on the Bama standard. What say you?
6: Me, I kinda of, me. I'ma join I'm a join there with Marvin. I'ma join there with Marvin. I want to see what this team does. I wanna see what this team does. It's a new era, it's a new uh, it's a new coaching staff in here. There's a new head man and Kane and DeBoer. Now, yes, I'm not the Alabama faithful, it don't matter who the coach is, we still look championship, we still a national title. Me personally, I wanna see I'm putting no expectation on this first season. What does the board do? Can he have all the players buy in every time? Can his staff have all the players buy in every time? I want to see what does this first year look like. So i join Marvin. No expectations for me.
4: Yep. That makes three of us. That makes three of us. Steven, tell the good folks how they can read your stuff, hear you, and uh, see you playing arcade. Tell the folks how they can get you.
6: Well, they can get me at uh, TouchdownAlabama.com, covering the Crimson guide from all aspects. TouchdownAlabama.com. There we got you in recruiting with the guys of the current team and, of course, the guys playing in the National Football League. Uh, they can also catch me on Twitter at coaching CoachingMFed on Twitter at coaching fed on X or, Twitter, or X, formerly known as Twitter, or whatever it is nowadays. But <laughs> in terms of the arcade games, uh, I will put out some pictures pretty soon as you can see me in Arcade action.
4: <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait to see those because I know you didn't do well. Because it's Pac-Man, if it's Donkey Kong, if it's uh, Battle Galactica... I'm the king. So next time I get down to uh, Tuscaloosa, I'm going to have to go hit you up because I'm going to have to put the beat down on you. That's right. That. Man. Hey, we're going to see. <laughs> we
6: gonna, we <laughs> gonna, I'm going to take you up on that. We're going to see.
4: All right. All right. Oh, it's going to happen soon. All right, brother. We appreciate you, man. Take care, you guys. All right. There you go. Stephen Smith, it is on Words, T.D., Alabama Magazine, T.D., Alabama.com and Alabama Standard all that good stuff you can catch Stephen M. Smith as he breaks Bama down like nobody else quick pause more of The Edge coming up on the tie 100.9 1230 a.m. WTBC with a home.
6: Win for you. Call 800 8000 or visit meswins.com. I've got this.
4: No representations
1: has made that the quality of legal services to be
5: performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very mild afternoon, mostly cloudy, a few scattered showers around the high 71. Cloudy tonight, showers likely, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the low 52. And tomorrow, a clearing sky, the afternoon high at 67. I'm Jay Span on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: This is Miller's Edge on Tide
3: 100.9. You say you never dance to a dashboard singing REM under summer
4: stars. Never lean back on a jet black Chevy blowing smoke rings in the dark. And we're back here on the Middle's Edge, Thursday edition, Darius Rucker, playing the sound, tuned, smooth. Appreciate Stephen M. Smith, in his own words, Bama Standard, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Join us in the last segment, a lot of good stuff there as we get ready just over a week before spring practice starts. I know everybody's excited uh, about that. I want to, Christian, what is the... Um, Media availability and practice. You think he changes that? I know Nick Saban cut all that stuff out, especially with COVID. Uh, you didn't even get the ten minutes to get your little video. Uh, what do you expect, uh, and the board to do with the whole deal? Will the media be able to get first twenty minutes of practice? None. What's your expectations? Uh, I mean, I honestly have no clue. Uh, I mean, just
2: going off of you know how he's been very very, uh, open to doing media. And I get it, you know, obviously he just got hired. So that that's expected, but he definitely comes off to me. Um, like he's inviting to go to the media. It's not something that he's against. So would I be shocked if he kind of opens up that, that window again? No. Uh, but I honestly have no clue. I haven't heard any word on that, but I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of open things back up probably, you know, to the, the limited, you know, access, you know, initially early on in practice, that probably would be something that could come back. We'll have to see. I know the media would be excited for that. I, I know when Ryan had him on his show, he was just excited to get him on there because I don't, I don't, I think he said he never even had Coach Saban on. You know, Coach Saban was more open to doing, you know, kind of more national level media. And so I think he's kind of, you know, so far shown that he's, he, he's, he's, Basically, you know, welcoming every anybody and everybody, and I think that's good. That's one thing that you said that you wished, you know, Coach Saban did a little bit more of was kind of give a little more, get some more opportunities to some of the local guys. Yeah, I know you mentioned that, and it, it seems like Coach DeBoer is kind of doing that, and uh, he's you know seems very humble, very modest, and, and just very very welcoming of everybody. So I wouldn't be shocked. That's a great point, but uh, luckily, I, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm still. Uh, able to kind of go up there uh, here and there so I definitely will be in attendance uh, for sure because I'm, I'm very eager to kind of see this thing take shape and uh, I'll tell you I definitely will be there I think they, when do they start I think is it like two weeks now or so less than two weeks um, like a week
4: and a half less than two weeks yeah they got and like so three practices I'm, right before spring break I think
2: yeah and if I remember the, the schedule I think maybe shorts that first practice or two uh, but still be something good to see. So I'll definitely be out there.
4: I'm not, not sure how much I can really share, but, but I definitely will kind of be able to gauge. Well, you and can't of, share much. About. About. And, I, and here's the problem with, you know, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I because today with cell phones, today with, you know, everybody's looking to get ahead and be first, this and I mean, you got guys, you know, if a guy goes down with an injury, I mean, Coach Saban was very protective, kind of like I've seen it with Will Muschamp when he came to South Carolina, same deal. Then let his coordinators talk to the media. All the things that Coach Saban, he controlled the message. Um, and he did interviews with more of the national folks, right? And I think Coach Saban appreciated him and he understood, but he didn't trust him, right? He just didn't trust him. I mean, you know, Chris Lowe, he trusts, he gives all his stuff to basically. He found a guy that he can, you know, give him, feed him some stuff here or there. Um, I get all of that. But when you're talking about letting media practice with cameras and phones, I, you know, I don't like it. I mean, I, I wish he did more with the local media, meaning like just from a press conference or be longer than just eight questions and it's controlled and, and he walks out. But I, I don't like the media's at the practice because what he's talking about is something I'm doing too, but it's even talking about college football is not the same. So right now I'm working on a series of just getting guests and people and talking about what happened to college football. Right? Or what what happened to football, period. And it's not the same, you know, from guys that are, it's all about branding to transfer portal to NIL to You know, the practices, you can't, it's the physicality of the game. There's so many different components that I want to get into that I've been thinking about for so long. And I talk about a game that I loved growing up, and we call it Tackle the Man with the Football, right? We we just had a football, and you had a bunch of dudes, cousins, and friends of the neighborhood. uh, Right, and you just go up there, throw the ball in the air, and who's brave enough to get that football and run it? when you got 12, 15 dudes coming to try to bust your grill, right? (laughs) That was tackle the man with the ball. That's how I grew up playing football. Um, And you began to love it, even though the hurt, the pain, the aches, and all that good stuff, you loved it. And there's a way you know about it. You know, you understood the game, the physical and and toughness. And, you know, going back to the the summer to South Carolina, 100-plus degrees and 100-plus up-downs with Joe Lee Dunn, my defensive coordinator at Fire Ant Defense, to... You know, seeing guys cramp up and lock up, you know. And back in the day, we didn't have dudes that died; they cramped up, but they got IVs and they kept going. um, To you know, now you can't. A certain temperature getting practice to what's happened to football. It's not the same, you know. And even from a media standpoint, you you said something that was one of my topics was the sanctity of the locker room. We don't have that anymore. There's no sanctity of the locker room anymore. Right? Because, you know, guys got videos and filming this and they're filming that. And you coaches can't say certain things. You can't coach hard. They're going to transfer it to, you know, you, the, the media's looking. I mean, everybody's an expert now. You know, we got, you know, back in the day, you, you know, your, your, your credentials used to be so limited. Everybody couldn't just get a credential. But now you go to SEC Media Days, everybody and their grandmother that, that drum up a podcast, right? And figured out a way to buy followers, or this, that, and the third, whatever, gets a, gets a credential. Now the media is, you know, everybody now is the expert, except the guys that used to be that that actually knew the game and called games, have been around it, to, and and had having to go through the the doldrums, if you will, to learn the game. It don't it don't work like that no more. I mean, it's kind of based on what KJ said to us that one day he said. And this is one of my points. The, he said the fans are bigger than the players. They're more important than the players. I mean, that's, that's where we are as, as, as football now. I mean, you know, when we talk about coaches being on social media, right? Nick wasn't on social media. Dabo wasn't on social media. The guys that have won the most championships here in Kirby, like, he's on social media. But, I mean, listen, now they feel like they have to be on there. Right, they have to talk to uh, these websites and people that cover recruiting. To they got to build relationships. I know they don't like it. I, I hear from many, many coaches, but they feel like they have to, so they can. When it's dry season and they got to get messages across the player, it, it it's, this game has lost its luster, and that's why I agree with everything Coach Saban is saying. College football, pro football, football in general isn't what it used to be. And it's a sad, sad, sad thing. And, you know, and and maybe that's why I'm as passionate at the way I am, because that's the way I know it. And and you see people that I feel sometimes disrespected, right? That that I know don't really understand it. Like they might can talk behind a microphone. They might can say the right things, or they might can pick up the phone and and build relationships, with, but they don't really know the game. They don't know the nuances. In the end, and that bothers me. And I hear him say certain things, and it irritates me. And and, and because I think the whole luster of college football is gone. It's gone.
2: Mm. It, it, it's yeah. Just, well, um, I mean, the, the, I think those are two different things you're you're getting at. I understand both. No, it's I mean, not. It's not different things. It's just it's just part of the whole. No, no. I'm saying I think the luster of college football. Then you know, some people that are, you know. In that position to, to talk on things, I mean the thing on, on on that part of it is, you know, this is America, you have First Amendment people. No, are I mean it's not. That, that, I'm the, not you're you Missing the point, No, saying, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you're just saying it's too easy to 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 get platforms and and you can be saying whatever, and, and people are going to go with. It. I, I get what you're saying, but I'm just to be fair. I mean, I just don't want to ever come off like it seems like, oh. Well, the former players are mad that other people are being able to say. Even though I agree, no, you're I mean, the I'll point. be honest. There's a, there's a, No, I'm not I'm missing the point. I get what you're saying because I'll be honest. I, I hear all types of podcasts, and I'll be honest. I mean, they're breaking things down that I know don't make sense. Not the case. It's just not it, even. It's not even close. Well, like I said, man, it's it is what it is. I just don't let that really bother me. But I, the thing I
4: I'd say to you, The whole thing is if, about the remember, state of Coach Saban. he just we've heard in our Fox breakdown where he's saying it's not the same. Now, he's talking about um, problem, but I promise you he would be talking about, about NIL and transfer
2: portal right. stuff. But but to your point, but like like the media stuff, I, I understand, you know, why you'd be hesitant on having the media like at practice. It's just because as a team or as a coach at least I mean, just think about it. What benefit does that do for the program? If anything, there's really only somewhat negatives, right? Because, I mean, you got to worry about your stuff getting out there, people being able to have access to information like who's injured, who's at practice, right? Those are the things Coach Saban was protecting. And the the thing is, though, you want the fans, you know, the fans that make this game uh, even more special with all their support because they do do a lot. Um, Now, I do disagree that they're more important than the players. I I gave the analogy. I mean, that's like saying the plate is more important than the food, right? I mean, you can have a plate, but if you don't have food, you're not going to eat. So I wouldn't go that far. However, I'm not going to deny that the fans are humongous in terms of their impact on sports. So I don't even want to get into that argument because people are going to twist that and make it seem like you're saying – Oh, players are better than fans. Nobody's saying that, but for someone to make the comment that fans are more important than players, I just don't agree with that. That, that, that to me is silly. That was up to uh, I, I mean, I mean. No, my no, 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 yeah. no, I know. I know. But, but but what I'm saying though, in terms of the media though, the the reason the media is out there really is for the fans. Like what I'm getting at is, no coach, if we're being honest, wants social media. No coach wants the media at practice filming and t- like. I'll be honest. I know I do radio now, but I, you know me. I hated the media. I hated talking to the media. I shouldn't, let me say, I, just, I just hate the strong word. I, I disliked the whole process of the media because I hate to say it like this, but I'm, I'm I basically going to agree with you. Like mm. sometimes the media, like they don't understand football, so they'd ask questions that didn't make sense. Like they kind of just just would be like confused. And if anything, I would just say that if I had any advice for immediate members, it would be to, if you're going to cover the game, I urge you to really understand it and to respect it because you actually get a lot more out of the players and the coaches that you're interviewing. They would be a lot more receptive to a lot of that stuff. And I think it would really help things out. I think the problem is, and the reason you got some of those responses, that you did from coach saving is because you're talking to a guy who's really the guru of football right at least coaching football and so if you have people that that are asking him questions that that he knows literally <laughs> makes no sense it kind of just feels like you're like like wasting his time i mean it'd be no different right i mean if i'm going and speaking to the the you know the most elite doctor in the world and i have no clue or you know the most elite surgeon i have no clue what i'm talking about i'm just asking questions that you probably ask. A nurse, they're probably gonna just not really gonna respect you as much. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic for another day. But I will I'll say this is to wrap up my point, is that I know things are different and it, it's unfortunate, but unfortunately that's how things are. I mean, that's how life is, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you got people walking around with goggles now that are VR headsets, like in public. Like things just change. And I know it's not the same football that you're used to, but unfortunately that's how the world works, man. And I just we're probably not going to go backwards. I hate to say that to you. I know that's not what you want to hear. But now that we've been exposed to NIL and all that transfer portal, that's kind of the new age. And I, I appreciate and applaud Coach Saban for using, you know, his presence, his platform, his influence to do what he can to help impact the game in a positive manner. But the reality of it is you can clean it up, but you can't completely expel it, right? You kind of open those doors. And that, that that's – that's the NCAA's fault, in my opinion, or whoever really allowed it, right? I just saw there was a post earlier that they're prohibiting you know, schools from dressing up the hotel rooms for recruits when they visit. I don't know if you've seen what I'm talking about, but basically when kids come on recruits, they decorate the hotel room that they're staying in. They got a whole bunch of candy and uh, magazines, and I don't know if there's apparel or not, but they, they put all this stuff in there to kind of you know, entice the kid while he's on his visit but the NCAA just came out and said, hey, can't do that no more. And I'm like, that's that's all y'all came up with, all the other crap that that you got. This whole mess, the first thing y'all think of is, okay, y'all can't put candy on a damn hotel bed. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're doing here, man. So I'm with you. I don't really like this, this day and age with, with college football either. You got kids going and demanding things that they don't—they haven't earned yet. I mean, it's just a mess, but that's thats where we're at. You can only clean it up. You can't
4: completely get rid of it, but you can clean it up to the best of your ability. Well, that's why I like what Coach Saban. Like I said, um, I think he'll do a terrific job of help at least getting things back on course or on the track of getting football back to where it needs to be to some degree. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I think we have way too far gone, but it's something that I've been, for, for a while, I've been thinking about it because that's, that's what I want to do this series of having different guests. And I'm planning on working on that right now, uh, what happened to college football. And, um, and and I will use media people and athletes and, and, and others um, because just to keep a fair perspective. Um, but I think all of these things have, have caused it to be the way it is. I mean, I think uh you know like i said the podcast and the social media has driven it to be something to where it shouldn't be where you know all these people now can contact and get a hold of recruits right and and i mean it's just craziness whereas you know you used to not have all that stuff so um you know and then the sanctity of that locker room that that's gone that, that exists no more, and that's a problem. All right, final break. Come back. We'll wrap up the show right here on the tie 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. Mr. Miller's Edge, Corey Miller, Christian Miller, and Noah. We'll be back in just a moment. ...show with Hunter Johnson. It's the Tide Basketball Post Game
1: Show, brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal
5: insurance for 90 years. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very mild afternoon, mostly cloudy. A few scattered showers around, the high 71. Cloudy tonight, showers likely, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the low 52. And tomorrow, a clearing sky, the afternoon high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center. On tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in
0: Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on tide
4: 100.9. Daniel
0: Lincoln from
4: 45 yards
0: out
2: to win it for the Volunteers. The snap, the spot. It's, the it's blocked. It's, it's blocked.
6: blocked by Alabama. It is blocked by Alabama. The
4: Crimson Tide wins. The Crimson Tide wins. The great voice of Eli Gold. That's not going to be the case going forward. It will be Chris Stewart, the new play-by-play guy. Eli Gold looking to work with professional teams. That announcement should come tomorrow for him. So looking forward to see who that, that is going to be. Looking forward to his next chapter. 36 years of great, great calls for Alabama football. Um, and uh, feel bad for him. Wanted to continue one more year but was told that that could not happen, and so therefore uh, he is going to uh, move on. So our best to... You, you, know, you know what I, uh, I think
2: could have been a solution? I just wanted to throw this in real quick. I know we're limited on time. If they, which which he alluded to, if they felt that you know his performance kind of took a hit given you know, everything he had been through the last couple of years, which again, you know, battling cancer, coming back from that, couldn't walk in the hospital months and months, totally expected, right? In which I thought he did phenomenal last year for everything that he endured, right? Um, but I would say this, maybe what they could have done, and again, I'm just throwing out scenarios because this is radio, that's what we do. Maybe you say, hey, we know the contract expires in June. We do anticipate, you know, probably elevating Chris Stewart uh, to that this permanent role uh, in the near future. Um, and we, we know that on our end, we felt that maybe you, you kind of took a step back. But Eli, like you said, feels healthy and much better now. Maybe they could have said, hey, we'll give you one more shot a day to kind of see if you really can kind of get get that back. You know what I'm saying? That, that, mm-hmm. uh, that energy. Because I'm not going to lie, listening to that call that we just heard as we came back, definitely probably, obviously, as you'd expect, a little more energy than than he might have had this past year, which is totally expected. But it sounds like Eli has been he's been training, he's been doing his thing this past few months. Um, so maybe they could have just at least gave him a day to maybe try to give him one more shot to kind of seal the deal on that last year. I don't know. I just I just had that thought real quick, but
4: unfortunately, well, not I mean, yeah, maybe. But it is what it is. But again, wish him nothing but the absolute best. One of the best to ever do it. And Alabama fans, all of us are so blessed to, to be able to listen to those great sounds. And they will forever uh, be in our hearts. But Chris Stewart, again, uh, congratulations to him. And uh, moving forward, and wish him nothing but the absolute best. Appreciate Stephen M. Smith and his own words joining us. A lot of good stuff there on Alabama football. Uh, congratulations to Alabama men's basketball. Big win in overtime over Florida. And then tonight... Uh, there's some Tide here in Columbia. The Tide has rolled. Uh, the Tide women's basketball team will take on Don Staley uh, tonight here at the Colonial Life Arena. That should be good against the number one team uh, in the country. Tomorrow is Friday 4th, free for all. Friday. So, there we go. All right. You done? I'm done.
2: I ain't got nothing else. Well, just got to remind everybody about off Performance Direct real quick before we get out of here. Again, for all your lift kits, wheels, tires. Trucks, SUV, accessories. Head on over to Off Road Performance Direct. Hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed. Just make sure you let Michael take great care of you. He's got my Tundra looking sweet. Got my Rough Country lift on there. Some nice Toyota tires on there. They got it all right there. Off Road Performance Direct, right here in Northport, Alabama, forty-seven fifty-one Lake Sherwood Lane. Again, contact Michael right now. Take great care of you and get your truck or SUV handled right there at, at excuse me, Off Road
4: Performance Direct, 205-310-1823. That is, that's going to be a route from direct. Yep. We're out of here. Brian Fowler coming up next.